This podcast is brought to you by the Trillium Awakening Teacher Circle. To find out more about how to grasp the means of your own awakening, visit our website at www.trilliumawakening.org. The next section is on mutuality, which is the third leg of our three-legged stool, so to speak. And you have a stool and you pull one leg, the other, the whole stool comes along. So we've been talking quite a bit about the consciousness aspect. We've talked about, and you're very familiar with the uh, embodiment aspect, and now we're going to talk about the mutuality aspect, which is where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. It's where... Uh, who we are in relationship is front and center. And, and all of life is relationship. Sandra Glickman said, and this is one of my favorite quotes of hers, is that the wounds of relationship are, can only be healed in relationship. Living in a community of meditators where people have meditated for decades, I've seen that that is true. That, that the, uh, the understanding here is that if you meditate enough, then you know all your stresses will be relieved and you won't and you'll, you'll be able to have perfect relationships. But uh, that has not been the case. I think the word, the word has it, there won't, be, there won't be peace in Fairfield until everybody here is married, everybody else at least once. And so what mutuality is, it's, it's, the, it's a way of uh, integrating, you know, this awareness, this self-awareness, and your patterning into your relationships. Now, uh, mutuality is, is, is misunderstood. I mean, uh, I mean, on the surface, it means getting along. That's what people think it means. Okay, I'll get along with so-and-so. I'll do whatever it takes to get along and not rock the boat. That's that has nothing to do with mutuality. Um, in order for mutuality to be there, there has to be certain things present. There has to be a disposition toward mutuality. Mm. Can't do it with everybody. It has to be a somebody who's willing to engage, so to speak, in that way. Mm. So there has to be a certain level of respect. Already there. Has to be respect. Number two, there has to be the recognition that what you think is true is not 100% true. Even the things that you know are true aren't 100% true. There has to be some space around your beliefs, so to speak, or your opinion. A little bit of space. A little bit of possibility for, vul for vulnerability. It has to be the intention to put yourself in the other person's shoes. Look at it from their point of reference. The point of reference determines the truth. And so truth, you could say, is a function of multiple points of reference. So you need respect. You need a little bit of space that you're not always right all the time. You need to recognize, to be able to put yourself or to empathize a little bit with another person's point of view. Timing is also part of mutuality. When, when you're reactive or the other person is reactive, but everything's going to be, you know, patterns from the head, you know, 
it's not going to go anywhere. Knowledge, self-knowledge is, you know, prerequisite for mutuality. If you don't have a knowledge of, you know, kind of where you get triggered and how you get triggered, then uh, things can come up and, you know, the whole thing crashes. It's going to crash anyway. But the more self-knowledge you have, the better the, the chances of meeting with the other person, of, of coming to a, a level of connection which was greater than the sum of the parts in each individual. Sharon and I were coming back from a retreat somewhere, we, and on the radio, there was the, there were these two guys were, this guy was being interviewed, and he, he was uh, a gay man, and what he did was he went to college and promoted gay marriage. And the other person that was being interviewed was a, a fundamentalist who went to colleges and talked about how bad gay marriage was and how it wasn't, how it wasn't real. And so the whole thing was about these two guys and how they, they go to the same college to have the debate, the debate. And then in the evening, you know, eventually they, they were hanging out. There was a restaurant. That, so they started eating together. Hmm. And, uh, and so in, in talking with each other, they realized that they had a commonness in that they both had a, a deep respect for the institution of marriage. Mm. And they became friends, basically, after, even though they had these rigid, you know, uh, disagreements, they uh, became friends. And so to me, that was, and, and they also talked about, you know, the, the mechanism for how they became friends was that eventually some respect started to grow. It grew because they realized that they were both sincere about you know, the value of marriage. And they both realized that maybe they didn't hold, what they were holding wasn't 100% true. And they were able to put themselves in the other person's shoes. They talked about each other's background and history and so on. And so there's a, a deepening that can come from mutuality where these qualities of awareness, presence, uh, flow, groundedness come out into the relationship. And as you know from your own relationships, uh, sometimes it's those moments where things go really bad that have the potential for things to be to create deeper intimacy. I'm going to ask you for your own experiences, but I'll give you mine first. Uh, one that just happened in Mexico last, uh, I think it was February. Sharon and I went to this concert at a town about 15 miles away. And it was a long, it wasn't a concert, it was a festival. There were like many 15, 20 different musical acts from around the world that came there. And so at the end, uh, there was one more band or something that was going to play, and Sharon wanted to see this band. And, I didn't because you had to get home and the, the cabs stopped, the, the buses stopped running at a certain time and then you had to try to find a cab and there were thousands of people and all the rest of it. So I uh, basically coerced her to leave and she was upset about that and she, you know, made that known to me. 
And I went into this like broken zone where I just was, I said, you know, you always do that. Whenever we just, we had a great day and then you're just making it horrible. You just turn it, you know, I did everything I could. We had it. And, and she said, anyway, I was in this space and she was too. And when we get like that, we don't, we realize we're both triggered. And so we just sort of like hung on until like an hour later, I was just still churning with it. And I realized that uh, what she had said was true, that, you know, we'd had a great day. She had recognized that, but it was just right at the end there that, you know, she was disappointed that we couldn't stay for that last end. And whereas I had taken that, you know, for her to mean that, you know, the whole day was, was horrible and I wasn't able to, you know, uh, I ruined it and all the rest of it. And I realized that this was something from the past that had gotten activated from what mm -hmm. she said. It was far beyond the import of the situation. And it just, it was like this energetic came over me where uh, I became extremely reactive and not responsive in that case. And so, it, and then afterwards, you know, I, I, I just felt really calm because I recognized that that was the case. I explained it. I, I apologized to her and I said, I realized something as a result of that. And, and you know, there was a, a deeper connection afterwards because this had been a pattern that I had, you know, and I probably still have it, but I'm aware of it now more uh, in, my, in our marriage. And so it was... Uh, and how long I've been in this work? A number of years, but you know that one just popped up, and so it can happen at any time. And so this is this is the area of self knowledge that's important for mutuality. So I'd, I'd like to open it up to any of your experiences with mutuality, things that have worked, things that haven't worked, uh, questions about it. Uh, you're, you're you're involved in a training ground when you go to sitting. You in small groups, whenever you're in a group of people that are open to this, that's your training ground. And this is something that we're not born with. In fact, we're, we're cultured to do the opposite. We're cultured to get into our heads and defend our position, come hell or high water, and, <laughs> and, and act like lawyers, basically. I mean, we're, we're conditioned to act like lawyers with each other. <laughs> and, and so this is learning. It's a learning process. And... And, and timing is part of it, self-knowledge is part of it, and all the things that I've mentioned are part of it. So, just interested to hear your yeah. experience with mutuality. Uh, care to share. So, I'm, I'm kind of trying to feel through this topic. Um, because, you know, when I, in, in looking at relationships, some relationships, there's virtual, virtually no mutuality. It's like, you know, there's two talking heads or whatever, two people. <laughs> um, so, and it almost seems at times like it's an unconscious negotiation of how much mutuality is going to be allowed there. Um, and that some people arrive at some kind of level of agreement or engagements of what that mutuality is going to be. And then trying to get past that level is, is, is where the challenge is for either one or the other. But it also, what also came up is that the degree of mutuality 
the depth of the mutuality and kind of the openness. I mean, it's, it feels like a very heart-centric thing, but it seems like the more vulnerable people are willing to be with each other. I mean, I know for myself, the more vulnerable I am with others or with the person that I'm engaged with, the more mutuality is available. Because in that vulnerability, I think that the space is there, the respect is there, um, you know, the sense of, there's a sense of trust um, and of, of kind of being open to, to hearing each other's perspective or hearing what, you know, what somebody is trying to communicate. So I don't, it just seems like vulnerability is such an integral aspect for me anyways to, to having in-depth connections with people that are deeply meaningful and mutual. Otherwise, I mean, I mean, I work in a corporate environment. I have relationships with people where, you know, it's clear there's going to be no kind of, you know, other than, you know, why didn't you do this or what did you do or, blah, you know, that it's not really going to go, you know, and some of that is condition pattern. And some of that is, is, kind of, you know, a feeling of like, how far is this person willing to go and, and kind of meeting and then kind of getting the, the unconscious or subconscious message. That you've gone far enough and we're not going any further than this. And it's like, you know, then it's just a respect of, okay, that's as far as you're willing to go. Or, um, and sometimes it's, it's on my part, you know, no, you know, there's a, a no, you know, we're, we're, we're not going there. Um, I don't know, I, I, it, it's a great topic. It, it's one that I, I think is worthwhile kind of investigating for a while. Um, so. That's beautifully spoken, Patrick. Yeah, both of you. It's uh, right on. Vulnerability is, is the key. Vulnerability is built based on respect and trust. I mean, you, you don't, you have to sense that there's a there's a, a certain amount of trust or respect there before you'll open up. And mm -hmm. once the vulnerability is there, and if that's the case with the other person, then then there can be a flow which begins to take you out of your head into your heart, just like mm -hmm. you said. Mm -hmm. I love the expression "unconscious negotiation." Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah. it's exactly. it just it, it was like a realization and feeling into it of like. That's really, you know, I know feeling it in myself and with others, that's what goes on. There's like this kind of tacit, you know, kind of almost like, you know, this thing of, you know, kind of, and then, okay, we're going to fit in like this and that's how it's going to be. And, you know, trying to get past that is where the challenge is. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's right. There, there, I mean, you can't have... This, the thing that we're talking about doesn't happen with everybody. It's on uh, certain and on courses and sittings and small groups. There's a, there's a, people are self-selected to be in those groups, yeah. you know, to open in a certain way, to be vulnerable enough in a certain way, and that mm. and that grows with trust. But uh, you're right. It's it's a, a learning process. Learning when it's when to be when you can be vulnerable. It's mm. like that. And, and the, the value of it, and, and it's not going to be received, like you say. There's an unconscious uh, negotiation going on. Mm. Thank you. Mm.
Anybody else? Well, I guess I could say something, and I think part of what I have is a question, facts. Um, I've certainly noticed in, in my relationships in the last few years where that willingness um, being vulnerable and that when that happens, um, I've had the experience most of the time that then that relationship can go to a deeper level, that it's, it's like the, the, um, uh, the issues that brought something to a head. Um, in going to that deeper level of that relationship, then also that issue um, may not be completely resolved, but there's more understanding on both sides. But I've been doing something in general, and I think the word that's coming to me is about authenticity. Mm-hmm. And, and it feels more like mutuality with myself. For example, in this, um, mm. with this landlord, um, she has, her personality is such that in my opinion, she does have some borderline personality disorder characteristics. And so in knowing that, you know, there's some things that are just not going to happen. But what I did was I just put everything in writing and I was very, I allowed myself to be vulnerable. And I've been doing this more and more in situations that, so it's, it's less about me that if I can be vulnerable, no matter what, and if something does get triggered, then it's mine to take a look at. Thank you very much. Um, but that mutuality, it doesn't have to, at least for me, I'm starting to think it doesn't have to be just confined to closer friendships, um, uh, family, things like that. It can be just a general way of relating. Does that make any sense, Beck? Mm, it does. It's beautiful. Okay. Yeah, yeah authenticity is a part of it. And it, 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 even if the other person can't reciprocate, yep. can it makes no difference. Authenticity within yourself in the way yep. you express yourself. And, and no, part, it, of that, part of that is being vulnerable to whatever shows up from the other person. Yeah, yeah. You've got to the ground level of how you feel and you're expressing it. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great, thank you. Um, say one thing. One, I really like this discussion and I feel like I'm learning from each person in a way that I haven't really experienced in Trillium yet, in a way almost, which is kind of cool. Um, but I think what you said, facts about the testing ground, I have, I have learned from some teachers in some settings I've been in where I feel like their language is becoming my language a little more, especially with like family or really tense relationships. And I'm able to kind of just say like, okay, like, I can see how hard that is for you. Something like that is just enough, especially Mm -hmm. when I hear something that I've also had a direct experience of and I don't need to go into story, which is like, oh yeah, well that happened to me in this year when I had, and it like, sometimes that's okay. You want to trade stories. And I, I mean, there's 
certain relationships where you do that kind of thing to kind of get to know each other, like each other's suffering. Like, yeah, man, I've been through that or girl, you know, I know how that is. It's like, but then there's another sense. It's like, I know how I can see how hard that is for you. And you're just acknowledging that you're seeing the other person and you're not, not jumping into the kind of martyr, like, Oh my gosh. Oh, that happened. Cause even then it can be like, that person's like, you don't really get it. Like that was something really serious. Like I could have died or, you know, when people are dealing with intense suffering um, and I'm just more willing to open myself up in that way. And I don't think I ever was, mature enough to do in the past or self-aware you know able to do with confidence that they know i'm really i am seeing you i am seeing you right now mm. that's the quality of the teacher mm. right there being <laughs> able to reflect and to clarify what another person's feeling it's the foundation of teachership yeah very good Yeah, because it's, it, it seems to me that you become more sensitive to just the storytelling over time where you just one story after another and and then when you, you walk away, there's been no meaning in a sense. It's been stories. And, and uh, what, you're, what you're suggesting uh, is foundation for connection, for deeper connection. It's like uh, Patrick was saying that the if you say that to somebody, you say, well, I can see how that must have been pretty hard. Then their unconscious negotiation is going to say, well, this person's really hearing me. Maybe I'll say, mm -hmm. I'll reveal something else. Maybe I'll reveal something else. And then, mm -hmm. then you're on a deep, deeper level. Yeah. Right. Beautiful. All, all of them. Yeah. Let me just see. If there's something else I left out. Neutrality is a way of discovering distrust. And like, if there's been a, a break, then uh, there has to be a certain, that's why I say timing is a part of this. Because if there's been like a deep break or a split, then it needs to be the passage of time to kind of work your way back to you know, reestablishing some level of respect or trust, and then uh, and then a mutual admission of of where uh, you didn't see the other person or you didn't see the the totality of the situation, and they'll say, yeah, they didn't see the totality of the situation either, and. And we wish we had been able to do that, but because of X, Y, Z, we weren't able to. But now uh, I, I do see that and I do feel, you know, more connection and I can understand why you said such and such and, and they can understand why you said such and such, so to speak. Even though we still may disagree on, you know, the ultimate, you know, beginning of the discussion, if we can still remember, then... But there's, uh, been, there's been a uh, connection of the heart which has been reestablished. Well, and I think you, you talked about that, Tim, when you, it, where it was just, you, you can sense it was there, that flow, the love was there again. Mm -hmm. And 
I think with the passage of time and, and practice and failing and engaging and failing and engaging, eventually we do become more facile, facile at, you know, this, at this work, this practice, at this relationship mm -hmm. stuff. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast from the Trillium Awakening Teacher Circle. The musical accompaniment is Awaken by Wayne Kington. To learn more about Wayne and his music, visit www.waynejosephkington.com.